Speaking of travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Visit them at appalachianrealty.com. Prestige Subaru, outfitting Western North Carolina for adventure with the 2019 Crosstrek. Find out how to make it yours at PrestigeSubaru.com. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Experience the best of the mountains in one place. Begin your trip at ChimneyRockPark.com. And Leapfrog Tours, offering tours and transportation so you can enjoy the beauty, adventure, and culture of Western North Carolina. Find out more at LeapfrogTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club so you can receive the latest in travel news and travel tips. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on that Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. All right. Well, let me ask you this. What do you do if you have a deep connection with an organization that you really believe in and truly believe needs your help? Well, for Johnny Morris, it was hiking the Appalachian Trail to to raise money for memory care, which is an Asheville nonprofit founded by his mother, Dr. Margaret Noel. And memory care provides services to caregivers and patients who have memory impairments. Now, what I know about Johnny, this adventure was really as much about him as it was about doing good for memory care. And Johnny is actually joining us today from Johnson City, Tennessee, where he's now a doctor of physical therapy, completing his residency in orthopedics at their VA. And joining me here in the studio for memory care is Mary Donnelly, a daughter, caregiver, support group leader, and now dementia educator and consultant, along with Becky Anderson, a member of the Memory Care Board and a recipient of their caregiver services. Wow. Hi, Johnny and Mary and Becky. Thank you so much for being here today. It is really great. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Well, Johnny, okay, what's all I can say? Because what you did for this organization and how truly you must believe in this uh, this support, what propelled you to start walking the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, so I mean, that's a great question. I think the motivation to, to do any type of long-distance hiking probably has to come from several different factors, right? Um, one of it was probably that um, I kind of grew up in western North Carolina, um, and from an early age was kind of exposed to the outdoors and DuPont and Pisgah and hiking with my dad and parents and family. Um, and so probably from an early age, I, I kind of had that uh, idea that I wanted to potentially hike for longer distances or do backpacking and get into things like that. 
Um, and then as I kind of go older, um, through hiking the Appalachian Trail, it's just a wonderful connection to the community. Um, and I really wanted to, to be some part of that or experience kind of Southern Appalachian uh, culture in a different way um, and have a different kind of bond and connection to that just after growing up in Western North Carolina for so long. And so um, I had that kind of idea had popped into my head then. And then um, uh, the summer after college, um, I took a year off and uh, decided that that was something that I really wanted to do. And I also decided that in order to kind of increase the connection to Western North Carolina, um, I would try to give back to an organization that has clearly given the community so much. Um, and it is extremely convenient that my mom did uh, found memory care in, I think, early 2000s. Um, and I partially feel like I grew up with the organization in some regards, um, as it's always been a big, big part of my life. Um, and I think most of my family is. And so um, it ended up being a really easy way just to uh, both get back to the local community, but also kind of experience the Appalachians in a way I hadn't before. So how did you go about um, the fundraising portion of the program? Yeah, so actually, um, I mean, uh, it worked really well, and uh, that's uh, not at all due to me. Um, I had very little to do with the fundraising. It was mostly an effort um, from Memory Care, and uh, they advertised it, and they connected into their uh, local base and um, just had a lot of um, really willing people um, to donate as I continued to hike, and some people decided to donate um, an allotted amount of money per mile I hiked where they would donate in one lump sum. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny, I, uh, for a long time after I had hiked it, I would still get, um, emails that people were donating because they decided to, you know, donate, um, you know, a dollar per mile, every mile I hiked, but, um, you know, they would extend that over the year. So it was kind of like the gift that kept on giving in a lot of ways. That is- um, but I think the fact that it, it was so successful is an indication of how, um, well, memory care um, provides services just to Western North Carolina. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, beautiful gift that keeps on giving. So I I want to find out a little bit how the gift that keeps on giving in that way is also working for you, Johnny. I mean, that was a big uh, endeavor to to walk the the whole trail to through walk. What what has been uh, kind of the gift that keeps on giving for you having done such a thing? Um, I always joke that it was probably the best thing I ever did for my resume. Um, usually I, I have that down on there and uh, usually whenever I go in for interviews, people um, are like interested in other things I have to say, but they, they always ask, you know, how was that experience? How was hiking the Appalachian Trail? Um, and so it is definitely a unique experience that, um, that has been helpful for me. Um, but I think Lessons I kind of took away from that experience overall, and to keep it fairly brief, would would primarily be, um, you know, hiking the Appalachian Trail is really hard if you um, take it day by day. Um, it becomes a little bit more manageable, you know. Um, if you're only thinking about Katahdin and Maine from uh, day one, it just becomes a, a four to six month um, slog in order to to kind of jump through a hoop or hurdle. Um, but if you can kind of take it day by day and instead just kind of embrace the experience and the journey that you're on, um, then it becomes much more manageable. And that's something that I've probably taken with me um, through graduate school and something that um, I'm still taking with me now and I, I hope to continue in the future um, is just to 
to enjoy my time and what I'm doing now and, and not look too far in the future. And how long did the whole journey take you uh, to go from the beginning of the trail all the way to Maine? Sure, sure. So it took, um, I want to say I started fairly early in about March 2nd, and I want to say I finished uh, probably July 13th. So I would say approximately four months. Well, that's a good long time. Yeah, 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 it was. And um, it was definitely a unique experience to kind of kind of just be hiking north for four months. You know, it was, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Well, what would you say in, in looking back on the whole trail was uh, maybe your, your favorite section, kind of the place that uh, – was there some place that just made you realize that maybe you had, you know – gone to heaven or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, this, uh, there's so many sections along the trail that, that think you may have died and gone to heaven. Um, a couple sections that stick out in my mind is um, on top of the Smokies near Clingman's Dome. Um, that's one area that I think is just kind of a pearl of the Southern Appalachians. Um, and, and a section that I really enjoyed a lot because it felt like I was in home in North Carolina, you know, versus, you know, being anywhere else. Um, but I would also say that the sections of Vermont and New Hampshire um, were, were really fantastic, and I did not expect to be as blown away as I was, um, specifically the Whites and Franconia Notch, um, as well as kind of the rolling hills of Vermont. Um, so both of those areas really just kind of took me back, and, and you know, it really makes you appreciate how old these mountains are um, and, and just the culture and the communities that surround them. Well, Johnny, when we come back from the break, I want to – Bring in Mary Donnelly here and and yeah. Becky Anderson, who you know, right? Yes, yes, of course. You're all part of the bigger, the big family, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we'll talk more about memory care and uh, and your participation walking the trail, but also their participation right there uh, on the ground, yeah. uh, doing what what your mother started all those years ago. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I have Mary Donnelly, Becky Anderson, and Johnny Morris here talking the Appalachian Trail, taking things one day at a time. We're going to take it one segment at a time. We'll be right back. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. 
This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. We've all been there, settled into our seat on the plane, and then our seatmate falls asleep and starts to snore. Or we check into our hotel in the city and all we hear during the night is street traffic. There is an easy fix for the savvy traveler. Pop a few earplugs into your bag so you know you always have a way to block unwanted noise. Earplugs can be purchased very inexpensively at just about any drugstore or large box store. They're small and easy to take with you when traveling, and some hotels have even started providing earplugs for their guests, but I would say bring some with you just in case. You'll avoid the noise and have a smoother trip. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with LeapFrog Tours. Whether you're a local or visiting Western North Carolina for the first time, LeapFrog Tours offers fun opportunities to explore the area from beer to art and everything in between. We offer tours with set itineraries, custom excursions, and transportation services all over the area. We can help you explore, enjoy, and experience the beauty and culture of Western North Carolina. Learn more at LeapFrogTours.com. Visit Chimney Rock State Park once and you'll want to come back for more. Get an annual pass for unlimited visits to the park for a year, exclusive events and special deals at the park shops and restaurants, and more. Become an annual pass holder at ChimneyRockPark.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here, right here in the studio today with um, Mary Donnelly. Mary, uh, you are the um, dementia educator and a consultant over at Memory Care, and you've, you've been there for quite some time. have been there, started out as a daughter and a caregiver, and then have morphed into becoming an educator. That's a that's a long trail. Yes, it you, is. You learn from not the quite ground. as long as Johnny's on the AT, but well, I think that's a little longer than four months. Uh, <laughs> you got me beat that. <laughs> Good point. And Becky, you're here. You're you're on the board. I know that you have been involved with Memory Care for a long time, also, and you are currently receiving. Um, their service, their caregiver services. Yes, I am so fortunate. My beloved husband, Ed, has been a participant in memory care now for almost 10 years. We're a long time participant, and the caregiving has meant so much on our journey. And Johnny, for you growing up, was um, get, just give me a little bit of background about your mom and, and what she was doing as she was creating this incredible. Um, service right here in in Western North Carolina. Yeah, so I, I, my mom is a, a geriatrician by trade, um, and she, I think, always knew that she wanted to work in geriatrics, and uh, ever, you know, always had a, I think, a fond, fond idea of creating a service. And I think she really saw that Western North Carolina didn't have the the service that she wanted to provide as far as. Um, care for not only people with dementia or other Alzheimer's-related illnesses, but also, you know, the ability and the resources for the families, I think, is what um, one of the focal points of, of uh, memory care is just to provide people who are going through a fairly harrowing um, experience and just w- one with a lot of unknowns and give them a little bit of direction as well as resources 
um, to kind of check up on. And that, that service did not exist in Western North Carolina. And so I think she saw um, the need to help the community in that way and then um, really just kind of started filling in the gaps. And Mary, is this about the time that you came to Memory Care? Uh, Memory Care started in 2000 uh, with Dr. Noel, and we started at 2003 when my mother was a patient. Um, And it's exactly like Johnny said, these resources are not available anywhere else. And the interesting thing is about the unique thing about Memory Care is that it does focus on the caregiver because the unique thing about having a memory issue, dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever you want to call it, is that you do have to have the family involvement because the nature of the disease keeps the person who has it from being able to make good judgment decisions about their care as the disease progresses. So we have to have the involvement of the family, and that's where memory care really focuses. That's where the heart is. And I I would imagine that it takes time to even diagnose this particular type of disease. It does. It doesn't diagnose as easily as just, you know, and that's always a surprising thing for families because they say, well, you know, mama's been to the doctor, you know, every year and he's never mentioned a word. Well, this is not something that you pick up on a routine physical, routine x-ray, routine blood test. It doesn't show up. Um, So it makes it sometimes a little bit more difficult uh, to find it unless uh, physicians do cognitive screening and some do and some don't. Well, I'm sure over the years it's progressed more to mm-hmm. to where Becky, when you came in a decade ago, mm-hmm. uh, that's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen a lot of changes too oh, take yeah. place over the years. Over the years. And I do have to step back and tell you a funny story. When Dr. Noel decided to start memory care, she was uh, uh, worked for care partners and I was on the board and I will never forget when they announced that she had turned in her resignation from care partners to start this organization for Alzheimer's and dementia and the entire board looked at each other and said, what is that? And, uh. and I am now determined it is our next national epidemic. So, you know, she was way ahead of her time and on target. So, yeah. Way way ahead of her time, indeed. Mm -hmm. And the first name, actually, when she started it back in 2000, they called it the Memory Assessment Clinic and Elder Care Resource Center. (laughs) And they lived with that name for about five years before they finally said, oh, let's change this to memory care. (laughs) So, Johnny, your involvement here, you you grew up in western North Carolina. You went off, uh, went to college, and... Uh, and then did this big trip. But this organization for you, going back as long as it has, is really a part of your family, right? Oh, it absolutely is, Marilyn. Um, And uh, I think belovedly so. Um, It has um, really been my mom's brainchild for a long time. Um, And just to see it really grow and prosper in a, a way that is so evident that it was needed in the community is just a really fun thing to see. Um, you know, we always joke that, you know, if my mom had, uh, four kids, you know, memory care would be the fourth being my two older sisters, myself and then memory care. Um, and, and it really just is all of us care about it and we all feel a deep bond to the organization just because, you know, it's just been a part, part of our life for 19 years now, you know, so. And it sounds like, for Becky, you've got a decade in this, and, and for you, Mary, you just kept right on going as the uh, 
services changed and evolved. You changed and evolved as well and kept right on moving. So it's obviously part of your family as well. It is. Becky and I both know just from personal experience how valuable and important the work of memory care is. So I wanted to be a part of that and continue that. So tell us a little, Mary, about what it is you do. There's a good question. Um, I wear several hats. Uh, I started uh, in 2007 the Memory Caregivers Network uh, with another caregiver. Um, And it was essentially just a network of people wanting to – other caregivers wanting to support one another. And out of that came what we have now is our schedule of three – we have three uh, area caregiver support groups every month. Plus, we do a mentorship program in there so that we can pair up caregivers. I just did that this week. Um, you get someone who comes in in a, in a unique situation and you say, oh, well, we've got somebody who's already gone through that. Let's put you two together. And that has been really invaluable. Um, so we do a lot of that as well. Um, education is part of Memory Care's mission. Um, it's really the biggest part, not only caregiver education, but community education as well. And Becky, what you were saying about being a, a national, a, really a global um, mm-hmm. yes, epidemic, uh, <laughs> and being a part of, uh, as you've said to me many times, the long goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 10 years is a good long time. Over that time, you you have time to form friendships and and do your share of mentoring and educating. It works beautifully. It's it's always the role of the partnership and so forth. But the other thing that I think is so interesting with memory care, we didn't even know Ed had this struggle. The nurse uh, came to see us about getting long-term care health insurance. Imagine that. And she went out into the driveway with me to discussion we know and she said you passed but your husband didn't i think he has the beginning of alzheimer's uh and i would recommend you to memory care and that was your first step into it that was the first step into it Mm -hmm. wow well when we come back from the break i would love to talk more about that becky and and find out um in these 10 years how those friendships have grown the the educational part johnny i i Definitely want to talk to you a little bit more about um, what you had said earlier uh, in the lessons that you learned uh, walking the trail and and being able to kind of put that into a perspective for people who might have family members right now who are unsure, uh, like Mary was in the beginning, like Mm -hmm. Becky was in the beginning. So thank you all, Mary and Becky and Johnny, for being here. When we come back, we'll pick up and talk more about um, this wonderful service right here in Western North Carolina. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back.
call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The Outcroppings Trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate Stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new Skyline Trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with LeapFrog Tours. We love showcasing Western North Carolina, where there's a little something for everyone. You can sip your way through the extensive craft beer scene, see elk in their natural habitat, learn about the benefits of hemp and CBD at a sustainable farm, go on a history lesson along the French Broad River, and those are just a few examples of our fun tours. Learn more about our tour and transportation services at LeapFrogTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on... Well, it's hard to believe, but it's time to catch up with our good pal, Doc Lawrence. He's on the Gourmet Highway, and today, Doc is hanging out in Lafayette, Louisiana. Well, you know Doc, he's going to be eating and drinking and dancing the night away because I hear this is a darn great place and that most of the people here speak French. Bonjour, Doc. Let's hear uh, what's going on down there. Marilyn, if I sound a little French today, you'll understand. I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana, and what brought me here really was an interview that I did with the late Merle Haggard a few years before he died, and I was with him on his bus way up in Georgia in the mountains, and the great outlaw singer told me that he wanted to retire and live in Lafayette, Louisiana. Well, I asked him why, and he replied with a big smile, because the people there are friendly, they're not afraid of having fun, and the bars are wonderful because the men and women dance, drink, and laugh, and there's never any violence. Marilyn, 
I've been here before years ago, and I just couldn't wait to return. To appreciate Lafayette, all you have to do is to read Longfellow's poem, Evangeline, which documents in literature the unspeakable cruelty the ancestors of these wonderful people suffered when they were expelled by the British from Canada. It's hard reading, but you'll know that these are survivors, and they are good survivors. They may be the best folks I've met in America, and that's really saying something. Here, Maryland, is the headquarters of Cajun America. This is what others call here Acadia, and it is. They all seem to be descendants of the ones that came here as refugees. All of them I've met speak wonderful French, maybe a little bit more Napoleon Bonaparte than the French of today, but they speak French and they're very proud of it. You know what they get their children to do when they graduate from high school? If they send them to college, they try to get them in the university in Nova Scotia or in Paris. They want to be taught everything by French professors. And I think that's commendable because they come back and they're such wonderful, productive citizens. They don't cause any trouble for anybody, and they are fun. And one other thing, they know how to eat. Marilyn, i got to tell you this story. The Lafayette Women's Club, each week, during the day, has a tea dance, and it's unlike anything I've ever been to on earth. This one's fun. You come, you wear a coat and tie if you're a man, you don't come in the door without one. The ladies are dressed regally in their most beautiful outfits. They have live Cajun music. They serve great food and lots of French wine. There's no other wines here. It's French and nothing else. And the men and the women dance. You're not a wallflower here. You're expected to dance. I danced with a lady. I don't think she minds me revealing her name. Marie Bassard, age 91. She volunteered that now. Beautiful beyond compare. We danced a waltz, and she whispered, I thought, some sweet nothings in old Doc's ear. Marilyn, I think I fell in love. I know I want to come back sometime and dance with Marie at least one more time before I leave this planet. Here in Lafayette, you cannot get bad food. I mean that. There are great diners, great bars, restaurants on every corner. Only in Ireland have I experienced anything that's equal to the hospitality of Lafayette. This morning, Maryland, I visited Avery Island. That might not mean much to you and the listeners, but it's the home of Tabasco sauce. Well, what would a Bloody Mary be without it? Tonight, Maryland, it's crawfish and dewy, French wines, and dancing to the music of Terry and the Zydeco Bad Boys at Artmosphere, one of the great bars on this planet. It's La Célebonne Temps Rollet. Marilyn, gosh, I wish you were here. We'd have so much fun. I don't want to leave Lafayette, but I got to go. The road calls. So this is Doc Lawrence for Marilyn Ball. And speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway from exciting and lovely and friendly Lafayette, Louisiana, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you in your city soon. All right, you have fun, my friend, and remember, travel slow, and don't you forget, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet, visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, I am here in the studio with Mary Donnelly, Becky Anderson, I've got Johnny Morris here talking to us from Johnson City, Tennessee, we're 
we're talking about Johnny's journey walking the Appalachian Trail. Uh, he did it for a lot of reasons, but part of it was to raise money for Memory Care, an organization that uh, works with people and provides caregiving services uh, for families who have family members with dementia and Alzheimer's. And Johnny, you had mentioned earlier about um, some of the life lessons that you learned while you were walking the trail, and, and one of them being, you know, take it one day to at a time. Well, having Becky and Mary talk about um, the care, the the collaboration, working together with other people, let's talk about that a little bit, how you felt up there and how that relates to, um, to everything that your mom believes in. Yeah, Marilyn, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I I think that was an integral part of of kind of realizing any type of long journey like that, um, where there's a lot of adversity. Um, you know, if you can take it piece by piece, then it just becomes a whole lot more manageable than looking at something um, from a really large lens and uh, not being able to kind of focus on the little things. Um, and so that's something that I think that I have taken with me back into a lot of different areas. But I would also imagine, and you know, I have not had any uh, close connection with anybody with dementia. And so I don't know if I can really um, educate or speak to what that hardship would be like, nor do I think it could really compare to hiking the AT. I think those are really apples and oranges comparisons there. But um, I do think that the lesson of kind of taking um, things that are really hard and, and look uh, really big and scary and, and may, may have a lot of unknowns to them um, and really just trying to uh, – you know, focus on the little things that you can control, you know. And so on the AT, that was uh, how many miles I could hike in one day and uh, whether or not I could continue to uh, carry enough food to so that I didn't lose weight uh, and, uh, you know, little things like that. Um, and, and before you know it, you know, you'll you'll chew up the mileage. Um, but if you kind of look at it from a big picture, then, then sometimes it can be daunting. Now, I would imagine that could be the same thing with uh, someone who um, is – is uh, going through this process of, of working with a family member of theirs with Alzheimer's or dementia, um, that can be a really scary and daunting task. And, and I would imagine taking it piece by piece might be a comforting way to, to deal with that. And um, luckily enough, there are resources available um, to kind of help people out with that, kind of give people a little bit of a direction. That's a, that's a big plus, uh, to have people who have walked those steps, walked those miles uh, ahead of you. And Mary, I would imagine for you, uh, back in the day with your mom, uh, having those messages might not have been something that was provided. You had to kind of learn it on your own. You did. Uh, having memory care uh, as our guide was invaluable because there is a lot of information, as we all know, available on the Internet. But to find information that is absolutely tailored to your own situation is what makes it unique and, and very valuable. And that's how we, we extend Memory Care's uh, help and mission and assistance at our support groups by continuing that information tailored for each person's individual situation. 
And Mary, how would somebody find out more about memory care if they were interested in um, looking at your mission and at your big picture? The usual way we find out information these days, Marilyn, memorycare.org, O-R-G, um, will have all manner of information on there, the Memory Caregivers Network. Caregiver College is a big thing that Memory Care does. It's a six-part education series for caregivers that's offered a couple or three times a year. Um, that's open to the public. Everything that Memory Care does in terms of education is open to the public. Wow, that's really a beautiful gift. When we come back, I want to just find out more about these services because sometimes, like you said, you don't know. And maybe there are some hints. Let's talk more about that. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Mary Donnelly and Becky Anderson and Johnny Morris. We'll be right back. ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Hi, I'm Ann Smith with Leapfrog Tours. Whether you're a local or visiting Western North Carolina for the first time, Leapfrog Tours offers fun opportunities to explore the area from beer to art and everything in between. We offer tours with set itineraries, custom excursions, and transportation services all over the area. We can help you explore, enjoy, and experience the beauty and culture of Western North Carolina. Learn more at LeapfrogTours.com. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in Western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way. For the way, we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here in the studio today with Mary Donnelly. As we've talked about, Mary was a daughter, caregiver, support group leader. Lots of support groups going on over there, Mary. Uh, Now she's a dementia educator and a consultant. Becky Anderson is a member of the board, a a recipient of the uh, caregiver services as well. And Johnny Moore is talking to us today from Johnson City. Johnny walked the whole Appalachian Trail for memory care. 
Mary, I want to ask you because you have such a long history being there, being part of this family. Um, and we, you talked about, you brought up that sometimes you just don't know. You don't know with this disease. And, and you know, you ask people, what does it mean to have dementia? What does it mean to have Alzheimer's? And they will describe, as often as not, someone in late stage. But in early stage, it doesn't appear very obvious to the casual observer. Our big aha moment was the day I was going to go on a hike with my friend. My husband was out of town for the weekend. I had dinner with my mother on Friday night and told her that I was going to be hiking the next day with my friend Diane, which is something I would do. And I said, now I will be out of cell range, Mom, so I won't be able to call you until mid-afternoon when we get home. She was like, okay, that'll be fine. Now you girls be careful out there, the usual mother-daughter thing. And so the next day we went, did our hike, had a lovely time, came back into cell range. Remember, this was in 2002 or so, so cell service was different back then. Um, We came back into cell range, and my phone clicked on, and I had 37 messages. Half of them were from mom, increasingly panicked, wondering where I was. But the other half were from everybody I knew. Friends, coworkers, neighbors, people that she had called and asked, where is Mary? I haven't heard from Mary. Some of them got in the car and drove to my house to check and see if I was lying dead in the gutter. And they figured out, well, she's gone. The dogs are gone. She's probably on a hike. Wouldn't that have been the clue to have let my, oh, that's right, she could have said. Mary told me they were going to go hiking. But no, that conversation was gone. She didn't remember any part of that conversation, even when reminded. That's the difference in regular forgetfulness and dementia. But the funny thing is, she could remember the names of all these people that she could call and ask about it. So the inconsistencies at the beginning stages of this um, are really confusing, send a lot of mixed messages to families. So they live with this for a long time before it becomes a reality for them. Well, now we can say you can go to the website, the memorycare.org website. You can find out more information if you even suspect, perhaps. Yes, there's probably um, not on the website exactly a list of of common symptoms, um, but we can help you with that in support groups and in other education events that we do. There's a whole lot of that out there. Um, you know, everybody thinks of, of Alzheimer's and dementia as just being forgetfulness, and indeed it is. What they don't think of are the things like judgment decisions mm-hmm. and uh, personality changes and difficulty with language that all appear in early stages. Those things are not as well known. So do you feel, all of you, that Margaret felt this, knew this intuitively, that dignity and grace and education, all is what's important. Dr. Noel was seeing patients who had dementia, whether it was diagnosed or not. Um, and she realized that the way we were doing it as, a, as, a, as our country's medical system wasn't serving them, wasn't serving them, wasn't serving their families. Um, and so she knew that she had to come at this from a different direction. What it did was not only maintain the dignity of the person with the dementia, 
but it started a wave, it started a trend of changing the way we look at this disease. And is this something that is now bigger than just Western North Carolina? You bet. Yes. <laughs> you betcha. It's international. <laughs> yes, it is. There's a dementia-friendly organizations all over the United States um, that came actually out of the U.K. Uh, it, we are changing. You remember back in the day when we didn't talk about cancer and we would whisper the C word. And we're not there yet with dementia, but we're working on it. We're working on it. And I have to share, Marilyn, when people come and like we gave a program for the uh, State Employees Credit Union Board, and we told some of the things we were doing, and I will never forget a gentleman raised his hand at the end, and he said, so when are you coming down east? (laughs) And I thought, that says it all right I don't know how people manage with this disease who live places that they can't get to memory care. And, you know, we're not a chain. We're not a franchise. We're right here in western North Carolina, and that's all. And I don't know how people do it. Do it. And I think of going back into history of all the people in the in the coves and valleys and our beloved mountains here, and they had no one. But ain't many stayed in the back room or grandmother yeah. and so forth. And I think back to a lot of that, and my heart goes out to them because we have a different offering. We do. You do. And thanks to... What you're doing, the education, and what you're doing, Johnny, and, you know, taking up this cause, being able to spread awareness, because so much is letting people know this exists and changing the course right. of history. And can I just I think add? a lot of it is, is also kind of connecting to a, a different, different generation, too. You know, a lot of people that were following my hike um, weren't necessarily – uh, in their 40s and 50s. And so just to raise, raise awareness about um, dementia and Alzheimer's to, um, you know, people more in their 20s and 30s um, is, is, I think, a step in the right direction. You know, so that was, it was nice to be a part of that. Well, thank you so much for, for being a part of it. I am in awe of all that you do. Mary, you wanted to wrap something I, I up was, here? I was just going to say that to, to get across the importance of what Johnny did in raising money, why do we need to raise money for this? Because the reason that memory care is a nonprofit is because insurance doesn't pay for time except with the patient. And memory care has to spend time with the family, educating them and preparing them. And that takes a lot of time. And that's not covered by insurance. Well, as we've learned, we take it one step at a time, one day at a time. Johnny Morris, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to keep up with you and and keep on trekking. And Mary and Becky, we want to keep up with you. And Mary, tell us again the website. Website is memorycare.org. So go on memorycare.org. Check out the services. There's so much that we can learn. There's so much that we can help to raise awareness. Uh, go out and... and Think about that. Do something. Take a walk in the woods like Johnny did. Uh, Raise your own (laughs) awareness. Good. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 